0: Hey guys, it's Tats here from Castagra and welcome to the Specified Growth Podcast. Each week, I talk to leaders and experts about how to overcome adversity, grow massive organizations, and how to create meaningful change in the building materials and coatings industry. Today's guest is Steve Little. Steve is the president and one of the founding partners of K-Post Roofing and Waterproofing. He's also the CEO, managing partner, and founder of National Roofing Partners, which is a nationwide partnership of commercial roofing contractor. Steve's been a prominent name in the roofing industry for many years and has served on numerous boards, including Roofpack, Texo, Roofing Technology Think Tank, and was the past president of the Midwest Roofing Contractors Association. Steve, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thanks, glad to be here.
0: Yeah, so before we get into it, how was your South Africa trip?
1: I had a wonderful trip with my wife, a uh, forty-five years, forty-year-old son who's a master chief in the U.S. Navy on the USS Columbia. Oh wow! We flew down to Cape Town because we, our boat that we were having built, was launched on the second of March. Oh wow! It's a replacement catamaran. That we had in charter with voyage charters sopers hole british virgin islands yeah. that we lost during the hurricanes uh irma and marie and after they were like 200 year storms that happened within two weeks of each other wow and we lost our boat then and it took about 14 months to settle with the insurance company yeah and we got about 90 percent of what we wanted and put a few bucks with it and went and had another boat built
0: very cool so Kat and ran How large of the catamaran is it? Uh
1: Her name's Summer Breeze, and she's 59 foot long with a uh, 29 foot beam. And she has six cabins. uh, And this time we went with a flybridge where we didn't have a flybridge before. So we're very, very excited. She leaves South Africa for the journey here. They're sailing her over. It's a 34-day sail. Wow. And she'll leave uh, next Saturday, a week from Saturday. And she should arrive sometime the end of April.
0: That's awesome. I did a bit of sailing when I was younger, but just mainly those 14-foot lasers. And I did some Hobie yeah. Cats and some some cabin cruisers, but nothing as sort of big as what you're talking about.
1: Well, I had a uh, 12-foot pram uh, that I sailed the canals of Miami. Oh, yeah. Which was, you're talking about Miami, Florida, and you think of Biscayne Bay and the Atlantic Ocean and the Keys and stuff. Well, we had canals that connected subdivisions to subdivisions. So we would sail up and down. Until we got bored, and then we would pick her up and drag her across a road to the next canal and dump <laughs> her in and go sail that canal for a little while. So, I come from a, a history of sailing and didn't do it from the time I went to college until probably 15 years ago. Yeah. And there was a vendor trip by one of our vendors, and my wife and I went, and we fell in love with the BBI, and the, the rest is history. We got our certifications, so we're both captains. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we sail the boat. We don't, we don't hire people to do it. We try to go three or four times a year until the last group of hurricanes.
0: That's awesome. Impressive.
1: So tell me more about your background. Well, my background is in sports licensed products. Mm-hmm. I was 25 years in the licensed product business, uh, Super Bowls, World Series, PGA tournaments, NASCAR, Olympics, that kind wow. of stuff. And I got a- That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, it's, it's, obviously that my title is head coach at k-post and that we were the roofing and waterproofing company of the dallas cowboys now you can see that there's a little bit of a play from being in the sports business
2: yeah
0: yeah i was gonna ask you about that team thing because you know i used to have a sports marketing agency back in the day and we used to oh, do wow. sponsorship activation stuff and product tennis and golf and merchandise and more on the product side on the right side yeah crazy
1: so that's where i came from i started off coming out of college and went with a national corporation here in Dallas called National Chem Search, and and was the youngest a salesman working for them. And I negotiated a deal yeah. that if I exceeded all the quotas that my competitor yeah. salesman had that would been in the business 20 years, yeah. that after 18 months, they'd make me a sales manager in the Atlanta market. And I was very fortunate to be successful doing that. And they decided I was too young. So I quit and went set to sell uh, t-shirts and towels for Hawaiian Tropic. Oh. down down in Gainesville, Florida, where I went to school. And that kind of grew into Suntown Oil t-shirts and towels in the spring and summer. And I did like the idea that I was giving up the rack space in the grocery stores and the department stores and the Kmart's. Kmart was real, real big back then. Walmart was just getting started. And so I asked the store managers if I could fill the shelves with sports products. So we put University of Florida, University of Georgia, and Florida State t-shirts on the same racks that I had the Hawaiian Tropic t-shirts on. Nice. off season. So I had the fall. You know, we had the uh, college sports. And then the other times we had the Oil and, and t-shirts. And that's where it started. And it kind of grew from the early 80s up until probably 94. And I had built a rep agency that had 11 manufacturers in eight states in the southeast, and I sold it to a group out of Ohio and moved to Atlanta to work with one of my previous manufacturers on the Olympics. Oh. And the company was owned by a group called Teen Crafts here out of Fort Worth. And I was based in, in Atlanta and went through the Olympics. And I was working with the NFL on trying to get the computer products licensed, mouse pads, screensavers, backpacks for computer laptops and things to use that license for, the, for all the sports. And they said, no, Roger Stallback has that license. So if you're interested, go talk to him. <laughs> so I went and talked to Stallback, and he talked me out of trying to do a sub-license agreement and hired me. And I came to Dallas and helped turn his company around. They had bought a bunch of inventory instead of being in manufacturing. So we got out of their inventory, and got them into manufacturing. And while I was here, our daughter was in cheerleading. And as you can imagine, Texas sports is pretty big and Texas cheerleading is pretty big. And we went to a high school. Lewisville High School here in, in Dallas that participated in co-op or the co-ed cheerleading programs and that they went to the ESPN championships in Orlando and they traveled around the Southwest. And I met a couple and he was in the roofing business and his ah. son was in cheerleading. And that's how this whole connection <laughs> to roofing all started.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. So like, is that where I'm just trying to go back you were involved in something called Roof Connect, or was it k Post that came first? Sorry, I'm trying to understand.
1: Well, uh, I was working with a group called Supreme Roofing. Okay, I was called Supreme Systems, and they had three partners. And one of the partners was Keith Post. Another partner was Tim Rainey, and Tim Rainey and his son Craig were friends with with us and our daughter Stephanie. And that's kind of how it started. And while we were working at Supreme, I was their vice president of business. They were looking to be acquired by Cinemark and couple of the roll-ups that were going on and they decided not to do that. They were looking for somebody to help them take it to the next level. So I had met them through cheerleading and of course she started talking about business. And one thing leads to another, I came to work for them. <laughs> and uh, we were there for a couple of years and ironically, they had done some JCPenney jobs in Oklahoma and in Kansas city and, and outside the Dallas marketplace. And when there was a leak call, the, the stores would call back for us to go visit them, and we're in Dallas, and so we would go, well, let's call somebody in Kansas City or whatever to go do the work. And historically, the way people got to know each other in the industry was either through associations or at the Firestone Master Contractor deal in Puerto Rico, where everybody you know <laughs> would drink around the bar and they could become <laughs> friends. And then if somebody needed help for somewhere two months later, hey, George, you know, remember we were drinking scotch at the bar? Well, I got a leak in Kansas City. Can you help me? <laughs> i kind of like a, a little uh, quasi-organized program, but I come from the licensed product business. And when I was in the manufacturer's rep business, we had started a uh, sporting goods, licensed products, manufacturer's rep group. And we built a, gr- a group of contractors all over, or a group of reps all over the country that would share best business practices. And so when a new line would come out, a manufacturer would contact us and we'd give them instant distribution across the country. Mm. So I said to the partners at Supreme, I said, have you ever thought about doing this in an organized format with contractors? Because the world was changing. The computer systems were coming out. Computer software systems were coming out. Local buyers like Home Depot and, and Walmart, and things like that, were no longer buying commercial services locally. They were taking it back to the corporate offices and they were using third-party softwares to send out work orders. And so we were losing the opportunity to be able to sell those guys locally. And then at the same time, how cool would it be if those guys had one phone call they could make or send one fax or one work order via computer through their software programs to a location and then have a distribution of 65 contractors around the country. So the partners at Supreme liked the idea. They were connected to the NRCA. We went and met with a couple of their contacts, and it just so happened that we started the organization Roof Connect with 16 of the past presidents of the NRCA. Wow. So kind of had some clout and some eliteness. Where the manufacturers participated and paid attention to us because of that cloud. And then we grew it to uh, 65 contractors. Wow. So that was kind of fun. But is that
0: is that got did it get rebranded and that's what turned into national roofing partners? Or how how did that
1: you know it's one of those uh, those sad stories that the partners at Supreme uh, got divorced. Mm. And when they got divorced, one of the partners, Keith Post, and I left together and went across the street and started K Post Company. And when you were involved in a different company, uh, Roof Connect only had one contractor per city. Mm. So there was a, we could no longer be involved in it. So, as, as luck would have it, well, we got very successful very quickly. And uh, we had people contact us saying, hey, you did Roof Connect. Why don't we have a Roof Connect too?" Because of various agreements, you couldn't do that. So, we launched National Roofing Partners in 2008. Wow. And it started off with about 30 contractors, really focused on service, not really focused on re Yeah. Roof Connect had grown, and then there was that big storm in Florida and a big storm in uh, New Orleans, I don't remember the details, where a lot of the national companies got hurt. Mm. They got a lot of damage. And so there was more volume than there was capacity to handle it. And Roof Connect grew very quickly. They picked up a, a bunch of business from the national firms out there that they had been calling on doing service work. And then there was a dry spell. There was no storms. And ironically, NRP started when there was a dry spell. And they really did uh, focused on the service business. Here we are today, though. You know, I guess we're like 12 years later, 13 years later. We have uh, about 170 contractors at National Roofing Partners. We have uh, 30 owners that were the original owners that started uh, National Roofing Partners. Mm-hmm. And we have five classes of business. hmm
0: so, so for people that don't know that structure, what's the value proposition for people to join that network?
1: Well, it's really set up for three purposes. We're sharing best business practices among ourselves. So when I work with somebody in Kansas City or California or New York, I feel very comfortable sharing them my business plan and actually visiting their location and they visit our location because we're not competing here locally. And so we're, we're raising the bar on standards of doing business. And we are helping increase the local profits and the local efficiencies because we're sharing with each other. And that's really one of the the first reasons why we created that first organization with Roof Connect. So that's the primary purpose of National Roofing Partners. The second is the single source supplier at local pricing for the national or regional companies. And that allows K-Post Company, when they get their work orders from National Roofing Partners, to have ancillary business. This is business that we would not normally have. Because buying's done in Atlanta or Chicago or Los Angeles or whatever. And it allows me to have my crews work on national accounts that I couldn't normally work. And the third is to try to leverage our purchasing power. So we all live in different markets and we all put different roof systems on. Although single-ply roofs may go on in California to New York to Seattle to Miami, wind uplifts and all those things play a part in how they're how they're done. And in the, the local... Marketplace may prefer, you know, mechanically attached compared to a a fully adhered roof, whatever it might be. So we can't go to the manufacturers and we can't leverage that we're going to purchase millions of square feet from you because we just have different markets, different customers. But we can go to United Rentals or we can go to American Express or we can go to all those support factors that are out there and say, hey, look, we've got 170 plus contractors. We have over 20,000 employees within our group. Let's talk about something that if we move all of our business to you, how that might play. We all buy from, we all buy dumpsters, we buy porta potties, we buy uniforms, we buy trucks. You get the picture. And so we're leveraging our purchasing power. We're sharing best business practices and we're, we're providing a footprint, a national footprint for a single source. supplier.
0: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Now you said you had a hundred and I guess 74, now, you said the original Red Roof Connect went on a one sort of contractor per, per location. How do you keep those? I mean, they must there must be some overlap. How do you keep the peace?
1: We are competitors. Yeah. And in the marketplace, there's, there's less than a dozen folks that sell on a national basis. Mm-hmm. Tecta, Cinemark, Nation, Simon, mm-hmm. that's out there. You now have Flynn that has joined the group mm-hmm. that's out there. Then you have organizations like National Roofing Partners, like uh, Roof Connect. You have Aspen uh, Roofers that really manage on the uh, the storm work or on the steep slope work. There's a limited amount of folks, so there is going to be an overlap that's in that's in play. Unfortunately for the for the client, and fortunate for the roofing groups that are out here, there's a supply and demand issue. There's a hell of a lot more roofs than there are roofers that could possibly cover the, the situation. And there's a minimum amount of single source suppliers that have the abilities to be able and capacity to be able to manage the market. So the more the merrier, I say, bring it on and let us find us out in the marketplace and make the best team win out there. We feel that we're a top five group where we've been in business less than 15 years and and we specialize in service. Uh, But uh, fortunately for us, we have five classes of business. We do re-roofing, we do service work. We do a co-op, we have cooperative contracts, and so our contractors are able to sell off those cooperative contracts. We have a telecom business that we are maintaining roofs of the telecom programs, and we're also providing services to swap out the antennas from 4G to 5G technology. And then we have the solar business. So we're in the solar rack and solar pad business to provide pads for the solar racks that are out there. We're a distributor for OMG and for other solar uh, type products. So we have five classes of business that
0: we work. Wow, that's great. So, but within your group, like, like let's say you're moving each your group of contractors over to new vendors. Is that done at the top or is it voted on? How's that sort of structure work?
1: Well, what do you mean by moving the vendors?
0: Well, you you said you had negotiation power to potentially go to a vendor and negotiate based on trying to get preferential rates for, let's say you say dumpsters and stuff like that. Does that happen at the top level? Like when, when your contractors sign in or do they vote as a group? What's your mechanism there?
1: So our contractors will get an opportunity. Let's say the opportunity is with American Express. We'll just use that as an yeah. We were solicited by Citibank, American Express, Capital One, those type of folks. Yeah. 20,000 employees plus in the group and a 779 companies. There's a real opportunity there to try to to. Put a program that would either offer discounts mm. or offer gates for refunds in the place. So what we'll do is that the NRP corporate group will negotiate the deal with a corporate group from one of the suppliers. And then we will offer it as a benefit program uh. Uh, back to our members. Uh. And typically what happens, it takes about two years for it to get really any traction. Yeah. So as you can imagine, of the 170 plus contractors, there maybe was 50 it had american express programs but yeah, they really yeah. didn't know all the benefits of american express american express travel banking loans all the different things that they offer so we we started the program with bringing those 50 together first and what we did is we give all of our information to american express and they went through and they vetted the stuff who were, who were current members and who weren't who were currently using their services so we bring those members together either at a group meeting or we we have a, a go to meeting and, and have that that kickoff meeting and we educate the 50 that were already participating of what the true benefits that had to offer. And then we let the sales reps for those particular companies loose were able to use references of the other 50 companies to the other 124 mm-hmm. companies.
0: Your sort of buying group, your change team. Right. That makes sense. So you have these two companies mainly, right? And how do you how do you keep them sort of going? Because I'm always impressed because I'm just trying to get one keep one company going. But you got two, maybe three kind of going. How do you sort of divide your time?
1: So you're, you're talking about National Roofing Partners and then K-Post Roofing and Waterproofing and then uh, K-Post Residential. Well, it takes people. It takes great people. And so K-Post Company, K-Post Roofing and Waterproofing is 17 years old this year. And National Roofing Partners is 13 years old. And KPR, the residential group, celebrated its fourth year last year. So we're starting our fifth year. I have great leadership in every one of these organizations. We have a, uh, we follow at, at all three companies, we are following the entrepreneurial operating system from the book Traction. Uh, Gino Wickman, you're nodding your head like you're familiar.
0: Uh, I, uh, well, that's what we, that's what we're on. And also we, I just interviewed Mike Payton from Get a Grip. Right.
1: Yeah. So we love his stuff. His stuff is great. And so what we do is that I have a, a level 10 management team yeah. at all three locations. Yeah. And I work more on the business. Yeah. So it's inside uh, a KPR and inside NRP, I'm the visionary. Yeah. Okay. And at uh, KPC, my partner Keith is a visionary. Yeah. And I'm the implementer. Yeah. Uh, and so at KPC, that has a lot more moving parts, there's 400 plus employees. We do about $70 million in business. I, I keep the train on the tracks. Mm. Uh, but in the other two companies, yeah. I have people that are the implementers and they keep the train on the tracks.
0: Hey. That makes sense. Yep. And so you're probably pretty balanced on each side. If you can flip roles, it means that you kind of have that brain on both sides.
1: Well, you know, the KPR is residential. So that's a whole new world for me. Yeah. You know, Mrs. Jones' flowers and Mr. Smith's <laughs> truck and, 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 the, and what works and doesn't work in that world. But we leverage the relationship between K Post residential and K Post roofing and waterproofing that we share the roofing and waterproofing of the Dallas Cowboys together. So that really motivates the residential side of the business. And on the commercial side, it's more for the employees that they're part of that, that cowboy brand. And that we follow the same sense of integrity and doing our best and providing a service that's second to none and setting the standards. And those wow. type of things are set up between those two companies. I spend about 10% of my time in KPR. Yeah, I spend about the same amount of time at uh, NRP. Yeah, but at KPC, I'm spending about eighty percent of my time, and then with that, I probably spend probably five percent now of my time in the industry, mm. being involved in various organizations. I was it's effective June first, but I was just nominated for the board of Roofing Alliance, the oh, yeah. Alliance for Progress group. Yeah, and I think that's the last organization that I'm going to really spend time in and kind of give my energy to before retiring in a few years.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, that's. That's a lot. That's fantastic. I love how you sort of organize those different things. Now, I mean, from all the stuff that you've done over the years, what, like, if you had to give advice to your younger self, what would you tell your younger self?
1: That's a great question. (laughs) Okay, Steve Jr., what would you say? (laughs) I think I would say that slow is fast. Don't try to be all things to all people. And bigger is not better. Mm. We have learned Painfully, as we grew K-Post, in a very short period of time, which is only 16 years, we started a 17th year this year, to grow to 400 employees mm-hmm. and to be a $70 million company in the Metroplex, we are blessed to be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, mm-hmm. is quite a feat. Mm-hmm. And it happened because we hired great people and got out of their way.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I would probably tap the brakes and keep us under $50 million. I keep us in the 300-employee range if I had to do it over. If I had to tell Steve Jr. what to do, <laughs> I would have got into residential sooner
2: mm-hmm.
1: than when we got in. Why? Well, there's a there's a real play when you take care of somebody's home. Yeah. They let you take care of their business. Oh, okay. And the way we went to market compared to most people go to market residential, we are servicing all of K-Post Roofing and Waterproofing commercial clients. Yeah. So when we go to a Balfour Beatty or we go to a Dallas Cowboys or we go to American Airlines, we go back into their HR departments. Yeah. And we say, if you like what we did to your corporate headquarters, let us do it to your home. Ah. And it works.
0: Goes both ways. It
1: goes both ways. Mm. And then being involved with the Cowboys, we give a donation to Salvation Army for every roof that we do. Ooh. And that's a, that's a, a strong play. That you've got to give back. It's one of our core values. Yeah. And so we do it gladly and we do it sincerely. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's great. You're very, I, from what I, what I can tell, very savvy technology-wise. I saw you speak at the uh, Roofing Technology RT3 forum, and, and I know you're, you're talking about all the different things. And I see you on social media. I can tell that you're always learning. What sort of trends or innovations are you sort of following right now within the roofing industry or outside?
1: Well, I leave Sunday for Atlanta. We are launching the artificial intelligence mm. uh, assessment program. And yeah. we're dotting the I's and crossing the T's on it Monday and Tuesday of next week. So I'm really intrigued with how artificial intelligence can help make companies more efficient. Yeah. We're never going to replace humans. And if people think you're going to replace humans, they're, they're kidding themselves. But we truly have an opportunity to be able to secure data, manage data, and become more efficient in what we're doing and that allows us to lead more purposeful lives in our, in our business world and our personal world. So uh, I'm intrigued by that. If you saw Josie Park speak, mm-hmm. I'm really intrigued on his analytics. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we're going to see more and more of really understanding who your client is, what your best services are that you provide, the most efficient way to put them in and, and to not waste time on soliciting clients or uh, systems, installing systems that is not your sweet spot it's not what you do best when you when ken kelly was there and you were listening to ken yeah he has mastered not dealing with apis and trying to pull all these softwares together yeah he just went all in with one person and he said you know something i bit the bullet yeah and i went in with microsoft and it was a, it's been a bit of five-year journey but it has changed his world and so i'm really mm. I, I really like that scenario of what's happening there Safety is absolutely the biggest challenge we have in our industry. We live in a world, obviously, where this, this coronavirus is transpiring. That's a whole other safety issue that's happening yeah. current in the conversation. But yeah. every day, 400 employees getting into 200 vehicles and going to and from the job sites. That includes cranes, trucks, trailers, lifts, all those different things. We have to figure out ways to, to make sure that we get our men and women home every night. Mm-hmm. So the things that are tied to technology... And that safety side of it, like what Michelle talked about at Rackley with the, with the VR programs that they're doing and part of their onboarding and their training programs are also things that I'm intrigued with. I have a 40-year-old son who's a master chief in the nuclear Navy, mm-hmm. and the innovations that they have come up with that they can talk about, because there's certain things they can't talk yes, about, of course. are mind-boggling <laughs> compared to, to, to what we do here in the private sector. Yeah, very cool.
0: Now, we mentioned how busy you are and you split your time off. What sort of habits or routines help you sort of keep it together?
1: I started an exercise program three years ago. Mm -hmm. It'll be three years this fall. And knock on wood, I've lost 42 pounds and I'm in the best shape at 63 that I think I've been in my entire life. Yeah. So taking care of yourself, I think, is a discipline that we all forget about. We're too tired to eat right. We're too tired to sleep right. We're too tired to to take care of our bodies, but this is our engine. This is the thing that makes us be able to get up and go every day. So I would say that that's one thing that, that allows me to be able to be as productive as I am. Gratitude. We cannot do this on our own. And if we don't give back and realize that how blessed and fortunate that we are on a day-to-day basis, then we shouldn't be doing what we're doing and promoting people. I think that's the thing that I have the most fun with is being a head coach. Mm-hmm. I really like coaching people. I really like showing people, ways that uh, they can improve themselves yeah and i really like taking them through the tough times and, and showing them how you know scraping their knees and their elbows yeah. and yeah. dealing with the things that that adversity how you can come out on the back end of it and use that as a tool to be able to help you navigate yourself both in the work environment and in the life environment yeah that's perfect
0: now is there anything i should have asked you but
1: didn't That's another great question. You got some great questions. (laughs) You didn't really ask me about my industry involvement. Yes, please. And it's less about what my involvement is, as in you get what you give. So being involved in your local association allows you to be able to uh, network and contribute back uh, in a best practice uh, standpoint. We're an open book at KPO, so we've had dozens of companies come through here locally as well as nationally and, and look and see what we're doing. And we're not braggadocious about it because our requirement is, is that if you come into our doors, you give us a ticket to come see yours. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of selfish to say, you just opened the door for me to come in too. (laughs) So being involved in your local association, being involved in in an industry. So like our our finance people are involved in the CFMA, Construction Financial Management Association. We were one of the founders and supported National Women in Roofing when I was president of MRCA. And then we have gotten heavily, heavily involved in that. Jane Williams, our CFO, who was involved in it at the beginning. Now, Renee Bales, who's our vice president of Brandon Risk, mm-hmm. is a co-chair, co-president this year with them. So not only being involved, but supporting those industry associations. We are involved with the NRCA, Alliance for Progress, Western States, Midwest Ripping. Not to spread ourselves too thin, we don't get involved in an organization that don't we don't get on a committee. Mm, mm. And so now that that Keith and Jane and I started that process back 17 years ago, our level 10 team has kind of taken that over. And we have six of the 10 managers and that seven of the 10 managers that are involved in the association business. So you Mm. you asked me, what did I not ask you about? You didn't ask me about how do you contribute back to your industry. and I think it's very important. You will get what you give in that scenario.
0: That's perfect. I'm sure. I think... When I'm listening to your story, the sailing stuff, which I went through, the sports background, you're in the roofing side. I guess we are now in the roofing side as well. And you you talking about EOS, I'm blown away. I, di- I didn't know all this about you. So I feel like we're brothers.
1: Oh, we are brothers. <laughs> we're brothers from another mother, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, t- Tell me a little bit about what you're finding in the roofing industry. What are you seeing in this cottage industry that's a differentiator from the from the sports industry or from other businesses that you see out
0: there. Wow. I mean, for us, we're a manufacturer, right? Coating manufacturer. So we started in other industries, but we got pulled into the roofing industry because there was a need. So right. originally as an outsider, I was a little afraid or we were afraid of the way that they were marketing products in the roofing industry because they use warranties or warranties to promote products, which is in other coding verticals, it's unheard of, right? But it started way back and there's the marketing and the support is all centered around the warranty and the long-term service. So we understand it better now, but initially we were like, well, what's, what, what is this industry and what is it doing? We were kind of risk averse the whole thing, but, but now going into the industry, I, I see, Lots of different pockets where people are doing great things mm-hmm. and innovating. That I think some sort of when I look at other sectors we're a part of, I think sometimes some of the other sectors underestimate all the good things that are happening in the roofing industry. Right, because there's a little bit of a stigma. But I, I, well, being inside of it and looking inside, sharing stories like yourself, I definitely it's opened my mind to understanding the full scope of what's happening in there, and I think it's impressive.
1: Four businesses that are the uh, that are areas where a building owner will spend the most money on a building yeah. after they purchase the building or after they yeah. build the building, and HVAC, flooring, roofing, and parking are those four segments of business. So it's almost like a, a recession-proof business. If we're not doing re in the marketplace, we're doing service work, and in the coding in the coding industry specifically, the government looks in the tax position that coding is a service item. It's not a re roof item. So it's always a 100% deductible, where you don't have to do a 39 year depreciation on roofing. Mm-hmm. Now, we we're fortunate that Reed Ribble, who's our current yeah president of the NRCA, a former congressman from Wisconsin, was one of the leading congressmen to change the depreciation code in 2018. Really? To a million dollar deduction per building specifically for re roofing. Wow. A lot of programs that they're out there before that if you Put solar energy on your building, or you did something different. You got a thirty uh, percent deduction that year, plus the mobilization and and any of uh, the kind of tear offs and those kind of things that transpired. And then the rest of the building was well one it was a thirty nine year depreciation. Yeah. But in two thousand eighteen, he led the way to help get roofing as a million dollar depreciation per building that year, like a one seventy nine rule that you can do to wow. materials or to to trucks and equipment and things like that.
0: That's impressive. That's huge. I mean, I interviewed Reed. He's he's a humble guy. He's he's got some great core values. I was a fan back then, but now I'm a bigger fan.
1: He's, <laughs> Just a, good guy. Story. he's a he's a he's a really good guy. There was something else that you didn't ask me about maybe some of the deterrents or challenges sure. that we have in our industry coming. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to feed myself questions, but I was just thinking of something that's happening in our industry that are your fans, your listeners, and others really need to be cognizant of. And uh, one of them is consolidation. Yeah. As you can see with the beacons and the ABCs on the distribution side, you're starting to see TECTA and Flynn go on acquisition kicks. You're starting to see different organizations starting to merge. I think over the next five years that we're going to see a lot more consolidation in our industry centralizing some of the overhead costs that each of us as contractors uh, deal with. You see the more of it happening in the residential side right now, but I think you're going to see some of that happen in the commercial side. Have you heard anything along those lines?
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right on the mark, I think. You're closer than I am, but definitely that's that's what we've seen as well. So.
1: And I also see in the next 10 years, I think you're going to see the way that people buy homes change, and so the way how it's going to affect our industry. Uh, autonomous cars... Yeah. Are going to, and you're seeing a little bit of this in the leasing business right now, to where you can pay, let's just say, a thousand dollars a month for a vehicle and you can yeah. change it out every three months. And then you with autonomous cars, people are going to start using cars as revenue generators for them. Drives me to work, and then yeah. it goes off to the works for eight hours, sure. comes back and it picks me up, right? <laughs> well, energy companies are looking to purchase homes and multifamily locations. Yeah so that they can put solar panels on these roofs and yeah. create energy blocks, just like you see a solar farm. Yeah. And um, if you follow built world or any of those progressive, innovative think tank type groups that are out yeah. there, yeah, you're starting to see some of this. And when that happens, the way that people will purchase building materials for that will change. Yeah. So consolidation yeah. from the supplier side, innovativeness coming from the energy side, And in the buying market, there are more baby boomers today than there are millennials, Gen X and Gen Y.
2: Yeah.
1: As we die off, it's just life. It's going to happen. Yeah. I don't want to hear the uh, Simba and the circle of life (laughs) playing in the background, right? But millennials, Gen X and Gen Y don't have the same traditional purchasing habits as we as baby boomers did. Yeah. But unfortunately, the tax code is set up for the baby boomers. So I see in the future them changing the tax code to not make it an advantage to purchase yeah. as much as it's an advantage for them to to be in a different car every year, live in a different place every year. It's just the buying habits are going to change. Might be a little deep.
0: No, no, it's, it's good. You know what? Uh, you know, Steve, I love this stuff because the market's always moving and you're always trying to stay in line with the market, which is hard to do sometimes right because as your organization grows a lot of the tendency is to get away from the market but i feel like you're always kind of getting a little closer to it
1: i think the traditional way business is done is going to impact the roofing industry at least on the residential side more than commercial yeah over the next 10 years more than it's affected us over the last 20 years yeah well
0: well steve i could sit here talk to you all day that the listeners really really appreciated you your energy, I mean, your passion for for this—I mean, to me, you're you're 20 years old in terms of your. You know, <laughs> I can feel it, so it's it's fantastic. So
1: I'll tell my wife that tonight. Thanks.
0: <laughs> thank you so much.
1: Great. Have a great day. Appreciate it. I want to
0: thank everyone for listening to Specify today. Also, want to thank the listeners who are working hard each day to change the world to make it a better place. If you know anyone, anyone that would benefit from this episode, please pass it along. And finally, make sure you subscribe to hear upcoming episodes. Talk to you soon.